The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Good morning, everybody. Guess what day it is? It's hump day. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? That's my camera. <laughs> Leslie, guess what he today is? is my hump, it's hump day, day. Uh, mascot. Um, B Flow's never been here for a hump day, so that you didn't give me a drum roll. You're supposed to give my, me a drum roll. I didn't know I was supposed okay, to give Okay, give me, a, give me a drum roll. We're gonna redo time. this. Let's All go. right, guys, guess what day it is? It's hump day. Mike, 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 Mike. <laughs> what day is it, Mike? <laughs> yes, yes, Leslie, yes. Guess what today is? Shout out to Humpty. It's Humpty. You know that commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Brandon didn't know that commercial. Nah, it's Brandon, classic. Brandon doesn't what know. Do Brandon doesn't. What do he do? Brandon doesn't know anything. Listen, <laughs> I'm Ashley Nicole Moss. I got B Flow, Brandon Flowers with me. Brandon Marshall is in NOLA, so he's not going to be joining us today. But that's okay, because we got a jam-packed show anyway, and we're going to dive right into it. Um, if you're just joining us, again, happy hump day. Um, it's my favorite day of the work week. I don't know why. Like Wednesday when... is your favorite yeah, day like, of the work Wednesday's week? Yeah, like Wednesday is my favorite day of the work week, because I feel like Monday and Tuesday are like, I don't know, I'm still like unwinding from the weekend. Yeah. Friday, I'm just like, why am I here? Thursday's weird. <laughs> I feel like Wednesday, I'm like my most energetic. I'm my most like awake. It's like the middle of For the me, week. For me, Wednesday I've had like is two that... days of like good sleep because I'm like on weekday time. I don't know. No, Wednesday is that like, all right, let's get to Friday really? with my weekend start. Like the week getting long. Like Wednesday, like let's get through it. Then one more day till Friday. Well, I don't know. I like Wednesdays. So <laughs> it's hump day. Maybe I just like saying hump day. But that's why you came in with the tunes then. You yeah, came in with good energy. Did, like when I did, Roddy I came in. So we, we came into the studio and I was like, I'm turning the speaker on. We got this massive speaker and I was playing uh, Roddy Rich. Please excuse me for being antisocial. I had to put Andrew on because he had never heard the album. That's crazy. Which is crazy to me. Like, I'm somebody who like, I have friends who work like in music. Like one of my good friends, Lo, he works for Apple Music and he's like a critique, uh -huh. a critic, I guess. And um, he works with like Ebro and stuff and... So like I have people who like actually work in it or like historians of the of, of music. 
I'm just like a lover of music. Growing up in New York, like I was listening to like the Illmatic before I could probably like talk. Like my dad had all those albums. Like I knew the lyrics to Sugar Hill Gang before I probably knew my ABCs. So you can't take a shower unless the right playlist. No, I have to have music on. My mom thinks it's the weirdest thing. I have to have. I have to have music on. Like I listen to music several parts of the day, like different vibes. Like in the morning, it's usually like Uh Afro beats, like Burner Boy and stuff like that. Or reggae, like I like to start my mornings with reggae, like Bob Marley, like the yeah. classics. And then like around this time afternoon, like, okay, I can like start getting yeah, into like get rap it. and stuff. And then like at night, it's more kind of like, I don't know how I would explain it, more like like the weekend type vibes Grant or Fias, like like smooth there. rap, like nothing that's like crazy, like club yeah, music, yeah, more yeah, like yeah. like future type stuff. Like, like I got K-Camp? different like like K-Camp. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, okay. yeah, music, music is dope. So that's my little spiel. We're going to dive into some football now because uh, TJ Watt apparently is the man of steel. Uh, per Ian Rappaport, Pittsburgh Steelers star TJ Watt suffered a badly dislocated finger and torn multiple ligaments in Sunday's win over Baltimore. Now, Watt just popped it back in and kept playing. The injury won't keep the DPOY candidate off the field after the team's bye this week. Now, this is where things get even more interesting. Watt may actually need uh, surgery to repair the finger after the season, depending on how it heals. Now, obviously, continuing to play with it is going to prolong the healing process. But in the words of Mike Tomlin, he does not care. He being TJ Watt. Um, the Watt brothers are built different. Yeah, like, they this is there. This is insane. <laughs> Even like, when this popped up, I was like, his finger, like, he'll cut that off. He old school like Ronnie Lott, right? Like, he's a guy that is nothing going to keep this dude off the field. He's crazy. like, you can tell, like, he loves to play the game. And there's nothing going to keep him off. Right. If he can walk, he out there. So, Have you ever, like, had an injury that was, like, crazy but you also were like i'm not coming out this game so let me just like pop it back listen, into place. Ash, Ash, i don't love football that much <laughs> if something hurt listen i am on the sideline even when i have my concussion it's like bro you don't got no symptoms you back i was like give me two more weeks just in case some ain't right like nah i don't love football that much people like, said I don't love the game. I don't yeah, love the hustle. Yeah. Not now, that if I'm much. Out there, you go get my own, but you got to get me out there so first. So you never like popped your shoulder back into place, like even I your, did even that, like in your younger days. I like... Okay, I will take that back. I had AC sprains. I did finish uh, a season where I had to get my labrum surgically repaired after. But I mean, we deal with pain as athletes. If it's something that I think gonna affect me after football, then I'm like, yo. You ain't getting me on this field, but okay. If, so if you're talking just, about like a major, like a yeah, broken something, or, even, or you're not if, going out there on a torn ACL. Nah, like, or even if my knee has some kind of issue, I'm like, yo, I got to be able to run with my kids when I'm right, done, right, or right. my hip or something. But if it's right. like shoulder or something like that, like shoot me up, I'm good. Yeah, like yeah. cortisone shot. Yeah, I just I think it's always crazy. I mean, this is. Yeah, I've heard people like popping dislocated fingers back, and I've actually seen that at the park. Like a guy will get like a dislocated finger, like playing basketball, yeah, and he yeah, just kind of yeah, like yeah. pops it back into place. But multiple torn ligaments is crazy. That is crazy. Like you like, hitting it too many insane. times. It's like almost like it's... your fingers like hanging <laughs> off on my. Like that's insane yeah, to yeah, be able yeah. to just be like, yeah, you know what? Um, yeah, my finger is dislocated, and it's 
torn in multiple places, but screw it. I'm going to pop this sucker that back. That might be the outside my threshold of like my little tolerance. Can you imagine the do. pain that he was probably like? I guess your adrenaline kicks in and you're just like. Adrenaline in there, shoot it up. But still, that next Monday or Tuesday, nah, that's that, a different type of pain. That's crazy. Listen, well. Like I said, TJ Watt is in contention for DPOY. I think a lot of people, you know, already have him as a favorite to win the award, possibly. It's still too early in the season, but, I mean, nobody defensively, I think, is playing better football than TJ Watt right now. I, I mean, agree. he is just absolutely insane, unreal. We have this conversation all the time, too. I mean, the Watt brothers, but when we speak about JJ, um, you know, we're always having this conversation about him and Aaron Donald and uh, Brandon and I actually got into this conversation on the show. J.J. Watt has a couple of more healthy years, more healthy years and unhealthy years in his career. You could be putting him ahead of Aaron Donald. Of I course. mean, I think people forget how dominant J.J. Watt was. J.J. Watt was the Houston defense. Like, as it was humans, J.J. Watt. As humans, it's always, what have you done for me lately? Right. right? Sports. So those, yeah, so. yeah. So those last couple years, it kind of put, not a sour taste in people's mouth, but they forget how great he was right. just because, like you said, he had them unhealthy years where he played a couple games or he went on the field unhealthy. He wasn't as dominant. But prime J.J. Watt? Right. Yeah, he, he was a problem. He was a problem. I would be interested, you know, well, you know, let's let's take it to the chat. I mean, right now, let's go ahead and say in a perfect scenario, you get two healthy players, right? No injuries. This is include and JJ Watt more specifically because Aaron Donald's had, had a pretty healthy career. Are you taking JJ Watt completely healthy or Aaron Donald completely healthy at their prime? Yeah, I want to see what the one. chat see what one. the chat says. So go ahead and put your answer in the chat. Are you taking JJ Watt completely healthy? at his prime or Aaron Donald completely healthy at his prime. I'm interested to see um, what the chat says there. So we'll wait for those answers to come in. Who are you taking? I'm going to take, that's tough. I'm going to go with Aaron Donald. I'm going to go with Aaron Donald. Um, I think I'm that human where it's because because he's still doing it. I'm the person I was talking about. I'm going to let you know. Just because he has been healthy. Um, I know you said bar, like just everybody's been healthy, but right. just because he's still fresh in my mind and he's just done it recently that's and he's fair. still doing it, that's, that's the only reason I'm taking We it. have some interesting – we have JJ. Chrissy O says JJ. Some people said um, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald. We got a multiple JJ Easily, JJ Watt in his prime, JJ all day, JJ Watt, JJ Watt. I mean, someone said Aaron Donald just barely, though. J.J. Watt. We got a lot of J.J. Watts here. J.J. Watt can play every position on the line. Aaron, Aaron Donald, Donald can also. I mean, it's I almost someone said, give me J.J. J.J. had the God-given ability to get to consistently pick the ball and ball down at the first at the line of scrimmage. I mean, someone says, personally, I've seen more from J.J. than Aaron. That's an interesting take. Um, JJ Watt had multiple pick six. Aaron Donald's the only one with a ring. I mean, points were made. Yeah, you kind of can't be wrong with whatever. Um, points were made. <laughs> I, I was just curious to see what the chat was feeling. So, all right, we're going to go ahead and dive into the past a little bit because, in the Panthers' defense, hindsight is 2020. Now, a video from March is going viral again on social media. It shows Charlotte Panthers quarterback coach Josh McCowan meeting with C.J. Stroud, Stroud, Strode. I always say Stroud, that's a New York in me. C.J. Stroud after his pro day at Ohio State complimenting his spin on the football. But then it gets better. 
The two proceed to schedule a game of horse, and McCowan allegedly tells the young quarterback, quote, maybe when you live in Charlotte, we'll find a court. Listen to this. It's going well, bro. That was great. That was awesome. Sounds like he said it to me. Did you hear it? I heard it. I mean, now we now know, as we now know, CJ was is the best rookie quarterback in the NFL draft class this year. I feel like that's I feel like that's universal. Best rookie quarterback in the NFL. And there are actually rumors that owner, Panthers owner, David Tepper, stepped over his coaches to force Bryce Young to be the first overall pick in the 2023 draft. So as you can see, Josh McCowan was high on CJ. David Tepper said, uh-uh, I want Bryce Young. Hindsight is 2020. Do you think he's kicking himself right now? Not that Bryce Young is a scrub. But CJ is the best quarterback in the NFL as a rookie right now. I don't think he's kicking himself because um, if you look at the guy they drafted into Carolina. Bryce Young. Bryce Young. Mm -hmm. He killed college football. Like, he didn't have one bad game. He's coming from Alabama. He's coming from a tree from Tua, Jalen Hurts. And these guys were successful in the NFL. So you're going off, like, this is what they produce as quarterbacks. Ohio State didn't have, their former quarterbacks didn't have as much success as Alabama quarterbacks recently but in the NFL. But film-wise, I mean, true. One film if wasn't looking, better than at, You don't feel like CJ even... Bryce Young? Bryce Young was, no, don't get me wrong. Bryce Young was fantastic. But I mean, if we're looking at also the, not just the film, if we're looking at the intangible, CJ's bigger. He's bigger. He's more NFL quarterback statute stature rather i feel like his athleticism might be a little bit more um nfl ready than bryce young was coming out of college i think bryce young is phenomenal i don't think that especially in i think bryce young in college was phenomenal this is not a knock to him i'm just saying cj was always for me nfl ready bryce young was going to be a project i don't think bryce young would have like is a project or would be a project because maybe five six years ago but they don't go by prototypical, you know, he has to be 6'4". He has to stand tall in a pocket. Like, you don't want a tall quarterback. If, if you can not ball, knocking you can that. Ball. I'm not saying that. He, I'm not trying to but, short joke it. But, like, you don't want to talk. That Mahomes was a knock against. Mahomes isn't tall. Lamar Jackson is isn't six, tall. Isn't Mahomes 6'1", six 6'2"? Six That's not tall for a quarterback. That's taller than 5'10". Yeah, he's hitting, like, the limit That's like, like of how Russell short Wilson you can height. go. Yeah, but Russell was also productive. Russell Wilson, though, is a freak of nature. And, to, like, Russell That's Will- what Bryce Young showed in college. Okay. In college, to me, I never seen a bad game from Bryce Young. Even when it was down 14, you're like, yo, Alabama about to take a L. He'll just be calm. He's a leader, and he roared him back, and he played at a high level every I game. I mean, it has been reported, though. We, we, we spoke about this. You know, ESPN did a, did a report, and maybe project wasn't the right word. What I mean by project is that not Bryce Young specifically was going to be a project, but being able to utilize him in the NFL capacity was going to be a project because you were going to have to figure out a way to do it because, like I said, he's not you know the typical build of an NFL quarterback, at least what you want your typical NFL quarterback to look like. And we had the report that came out 
that they can't run a quarterback sneak or the quarterback sneak is not necessarily in their playbook because Bryce Young is too small, allegedly, to run it. Also, there have been multiple reports that he has a hard time seeing over his offensive line. So that was all stuff that, like, film or no film, you could have, like, gauged that from him in college. But with that, you got to trust your coaching staff to be like, he's accurate. He can get the ball there, get him out the pocket. He does have a great arm. Yeah, and it's just like use his weapons and use what he does well. Like, he he never wanted to sit in the pocket. He always likes to move out of the pocket. So you have to do what your quarterback does well to benefit him. Like, that's why Purdy's so successful in San Francisco. It's just – Different system, but also – If Bryce Young went to that system, he'll do the same thing Purdy For sure. For sure. I think also Panthers have a terrible offensive line, which is not helping Bryce Young in any capacity. Yeah. Um, so this is not this is not a Bryce Young thing. I think Bryce Young has just an immense amount of talent. I just think that the situation for him. But then some people will say CJ went to the Texans. Yeah. The Texans are not a good football team, but that has not stopped CJ from flourishing as an individual they have as a quarterback. Weapons that help him though. They have a great running game. They have a young receiver true. core. Like the O line isn't bad, so it like it fits him a little bit more. You Do you know? think he has better uh, coaching? than Bryce does? Because I, I don't think that they have bad coaching I don't in Carolina. Think, yeah, I don't think either have bad coaching. Like, I think they both have decent coaching. They got decent, good coaching. But everybody just go to different situations, right? This is Bryce's situation right now where the O-line has to get better. They have to get more weapons around him on the ice outside. Would you th- do you say out. that Houston has a good offensive line? They okay. They decent. Like, he's making them look maybe better than but what they are. But here's my point. This is the, I'm playing devil's advocate uh-huh. here. Like, you know, I'm not anti-Bryce Young. I actually, you know, I was I don't even watch Bama football, and I was watching for him. So uh-huh. um, some people will say, well, look, they both kind of have mediocre offensive lines, but CJ is still finding a way to win, and doesn't that speak more to the capabilities as a quarterback that you want, a quarterback who can win in – the interim of disaster, if you will, like finding ways to win in spite of what they have around them. I agree. So CJ's a plug and play guy, right? Whatever okay. system you can put him in, whether it's pro style, stand up in the pocket, go through all your reads. He can take a hit if he has to hold on to the ball. Like that is him. But I don't think anyone should come on a Panthers owner where it's like CJ was the clear cut better this is quarterback, true. right? You could have went either way. Either way it was a you lot picked, of back and yeah, forth. A lot of mock been, drafts that had them going back and forth. Yeah, back you and couldn't forth. have been wrong. Yeah. That's the only thing that I'm saying here. It's like it was no clear cut favorite. So you 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 couldn't miss either way you go. We have a so good, I still qu- think we have a good question good. from the chat though for you, B-Flow. Who has the better team? I think the Texans are a better team. Really? I think the Texans are a better team. And they have a guy in D'Amico Ryans who's a great motivator as a coach. Some like Pete Carroll. I think they have a better defense in Houston for sure. You think Carolina has a better defense? No, de- Houston has a oh, better yeah. defense. Oh, yeah. So when you have a better yeah. defense, they're going to get you the ball back. You right. have a coach that's, hey, you do your thing. He's a pl- He's been a player. So he's right. going to be, he know how to motivate you. The thing about being a head coach is who can motivate their guys the best, right? Yeah. And you can just see CJ is just, there's no pressure on him. That's why he ain't throw a pick yet. It's just he feels like everybody believes in me. Everybody trusts. There's no pressure. There's no pressure to win. Like, nobody was expecting Houston to come I in think, and do their thing this year. I think, I, you know, I think you do make a point. I do think Houston, I mean, if you look at they have a better defense. They have a, a better offensive line. Not phenomenal, but way better than and Carolina. And like you said, the he, meaning CJ, has more offensive weapons at his disposal than 
Bryce does. Bryce does. So for all intents and purposes, it is the better team. It's the Texans, so people dismiss it. But yeah. if we're comparing the two, the Texans have the better team. Somebody said that um, CJ was always the better option, but he got knocked because he came from Ohio State. Do you agree with that? That could. So the NFL is. Uh... They love to go with trends, right? And they like love I said, the SEC, they, baby. <laughs> they love to go with trends. So like I said, the last couple of quarterbacks that came from Ohio State, they didn't pan out. Even though they got drafted high, wherever they got drafted, they haven't became starters and produced in the NFL. Unless it's Ezekiel Elliott. I'm just talking about quarterbacks. Oh, there's quarterbacks? There's quarterbacks, okay. yeah. But like I mentioned, Alabama, like their quarterbacks was – and like Jalen was just playing ball. Tua was playing ball before he got hurt when they seen that the previous year. Right. And they just felt like Mac Jones, whatever was going on in New England, that wasn't on Mac Jones. So they was like, we see the recipe of quarterbacks coming from Alabama being successful. So, yeah. I mean, that's why I think GMs and owners do, do make the calls that they do. It's a copycat league. Copycat league. Well, listen – Hindsight is twenty twenty, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if, if David Tepper is like, God dang it, I should have just let the coaches do their job. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> we will never know. Um, we're going to go ahead and talk a little Deion Sanders. Now, Deion Sanders delivers mile-high social media numbers. This is incredible. Check this out. So Colorado Buffalo's football, their Instagram account, has surpassed one million followers now they join just lsu alabama and ohio state who all have a million plus but the real fascinating number here is that they only had fifty-eight thousand before deon sanders was hired this is a big deal this is a pac-12 program for now that only had fifty-eight thousand followers that only had one win the season last season now they're up there in, in notoriety with LSU, Bama, and Ohio State, which are three of the best programs in college football. I mean, you can say a lot about Deion Sanders, but what he is doing for college football, specifically this program, I mean, you can't ignore it. You can't knock it. I know people are trying to hate on it. The numbers don't lie. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. That's insane. That's who he is. I mean, from when he was a player to everybody wanting to wear number 21. Right. Or when he had the video game, when he wore all the chains. And even when he went to Jackson State, like, nobody paid attention to HBCU football as much as they did when he went to Jackson State. And then everybody was, like, mm -hmm. tuned into Jackson State, the team. I took my daughter to the game when they played uh, – Florida A&M last year when Dion was there in uh, Miami. And oh, really? we sat by the band and we was rocking. I started following their band <laughs> and everything. It's just like, that's what Prime does right. for your program. Like, he's a guy that he has an infectious personality. Right. Like, he's. But I think it's even more impressive. I mean, you can like Dion, and I, many of us do. Like, uh -huh. obviously, Cowboys fans love Dion. Um, you could like Dion and not give a damn about Colorado football. But yeah. it's fascinating to me how his personality is so infectious and people rock with him so hard that people who, A, weren't watching college football, uh -huh. never cared about college football, are so invested into what Colorado is doing and if they're winning, how they're performing, that they're watching games on Saturday that they never use. Like, for example, my dad is one of my dad hates college football. <laughs> he thinks it's dumb. He hates the rules. He thinks it doesn't prepare guys for the NFL. He thinks, you know, the overtime rules are stupid. Like, he is not a college football fan. He was watching the game against Colorado State with me up until 2.30 in the morning. That's unheard of. This man does not care about college football. 
That's a Dion. That's more that's than Deion. just liking Dion Sanders to get people to actually care about what you're doing with a program that people were not checking for. I think is absolutely amazing. But not even on the football field. Do you know how many like applications going to be filled out for just the school? Yes. Of people trying to just enjoy this experience. Like it's not going to be just people in the Midwest. Everybody from the West Coast. Everybody's going to be trying to get part, be part of this experience to have your favorite rapper, your favorite actor, your favorite NBA player on campus and just vibing out like it's a concert every weekend. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be insane what he's done to Colorado. And we'll see how long he will be there because it's going to be a lot of teams uh, calling for Dion in the next couple of years. Well, let me ask you this because I feel like, you know, I've, I've had this conversation with a few different people, you know, a lot of them being athletes. And it's been interesting to see how people, um, the re different responses. And, and some people are like, pro Dion and every like Dion, 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 regardless, win, lose, whatever. And then there are people who are like, yeah, what Dion's doing is great. The swagger is great. You know, the sound bites are great. The social media account is fantastic. Like he's really in his bag in that regard. But all the glitz and the glamour will only last so long until the wins start coming. And obviously they won against uh, Arizona, Arizona State um, last Saturday. They lost the two against USC and Oregon, which I think a lot of people expected. I, I don't know anybody who thought this team was going to go undefeated. Mm -hmm. um, but do you think that there is – Dion has to continue to win in order for people to, I guess, believe in his benefit in college in, – in his benef being beneficial in college football. And this is just me playing devil's advocate. I think that – Dion never promised a championship right away. He never promised a Cinderella season right away. He never promised a perfect season right away. It's a it's a process. It takes a couple of seasons to get going. I think next season this team's going to be even better. But I mean, where do you stand on this in terms of you know Dion and having to produce wins in order to keep talking how he normally talks? So I always said if Dion just went six games this year. He that's a hell of a job. He should yeah. be coach of the year because I understand football. I understand you depleting a whole program. You're getting all these transfers in to get them on the same page, uh, a whole new scheme, and you're just doing this in a spring, mm -hmm. right? So it's tough. I was like, if Dion can win six games, like that's a hell of a job. And Dion is honest. He he'll tell you we ain't there yet. I still need like eight more dogs. He keeps saying that I need eight more dogs to be able to compete. And right. that's gonna come uh within the next one or two years, you know. And the thing is about all the glitz and glamour. It's who people, he is, it's always who he's been. That, that's who he's been. Right. And people will say if he's not winning, it's a distraction. Mm -hmm. But when has Dion not won? Like, he's just that guy. It's just some people in life and what they do, they just continue to win over and over. So he got a track record right. of always winning. So right. I always just count on Dion. now. It's like he, he going to always figure it out. He going to always win. So I don't expect Dion to lose and somebody come in and say, oh, that's a distraction. You got the rappers in the locker room. You got a DJ in the locker room. Right. It's too much. It's like, nah. Like It's interesting because I feel like <sighs> – People like knock the way that he's been moving with this Colorado team as if this is not what he was doing at Jackson State, 
as if this is not what he was doing in his career. This is who he is. Like, had he come into Colorado and been Nick Saban, everyone would have been like, what the hell? He's a sellout. Yeah. You know what I mean? But now that he, but he's not doing that. He's being authentic to himself and people still have a problem with it. I'm just so confused. Like, do you want him to lead this program the Dion way, which is the authentic, transparent, dynamic, larger than life way? And go through the trials and tribulations of a season, like some games you win, some games you lose. I don't know anybody in their right mind who watches college football, who, who even understands college football, who thought that this team was going to beat Oregon. But it's just changed. It's Oregon. Like, yeah, what are we yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Like, Without their best player on offense right. and defense in Travis Hunter. But it's just, it's change. Whenever change comes, you're going to have a lot of people that, they're Haters. not willing to accept it, or it's yeah. going to take them a while to accept it. So when all this went on at Jackson State, they like, this is what they do. The band be rocking, everybody rowdy, right. like, this is what they do. But when you bring it to Power 5 and they never seen it before, a lot of people is just going to say, is this allowed? Like, should they be doing this? Wait, this is a cheat code because a lot of other coaches, they don't have that swag that Dion have, and they can't do that. So it's it's just change and it's here now and it's gonna be more and more of this in the future because a lot of teams gonna see yeah like this is where the recruits are going not like, only that but you made a good point like college football has drastically changed with nil yeah and people want to go to programs it's not just about bama it's not just about lsu like what he's doing for colorado will get you know, high prospects wanting to play for this football program because now it's a different level of notoriety. It's a different level of opportunity, not just on the field, but off the field. And that's something that only a few programs have ever really been able to provide. That's why you see them getting the big deals. That's why you see them going high in the draft because all eyes have always been on them. You're talking about the Georges and the LSUs and the Bamas and, and the Clemsons at one time. And now you have a school that nobody was checking for that has a black swag, black culture to it. And now some kid may not have to go to Bama. Yeah. Maybe he's not able to go to Bama, but maybe he has what Dion's looking for and he can go there and still have a very successful collegiate and hopefully pro career. I think this is fantastic for college football. And he's doing it the right way. If you're a parent, you know Dion is going to teach your child how to be a man. That too. Right? He's going to teach him discipline. It's not all about we're going to be reckless and we ain't going to be right. getting our grades. It's like he has two highly touted five-star freshmen who hasn't been playing all year because, like, I don't like the way they prepare. Mm -hmm. Like, they need to learn how to prepare and do the stuff away from the field to be able to get on my field. Like, that shows discipline. Like, I know their parents probably initially was like, yo, my son came here to play, but they're going to later on down the line, they go see like, no, he established discipline in my child. And it's like teaching him how to be a man, even with Travis Hunter. Now other schools around the nation are going to be forced to a lot of these guys that play both ways and yeah. say, yo, I want to go to your team. And I want to start at receiver and cornerback. And if they say no, it's like, hey, I can go somewhere that's going to let me do that. So Dion always says to Travis Hunter, like, you're changing college history. Like, Not only that, but I also thing. think that, I mean, and you can speak to this more, but one thing that I always, like, when I've had conversations about the lack of black head coaches in college and also in the NFL, I say it's bigger than just, you know, evening the playing field from a hiring standpoint. You're talking about leagues, at least in the NBA and the NFL. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head in college, but I would guess they're probably about the same. Um, you're talking about leagues that have predominantly black athletes. Mm -hmm. And having a black coach 
head coach, having black coaches, especially when you're a young man or just just a young person in general. Let's not just make it about a, a male or male thing. It could be female coaches as well. You relate to them in a different way, you know, especially in those developmental years where you're transitioning from being a teenager to a young adult, having that mentorship and having that relatability and having somebody who maybe came from the same struggle you came from or, or culturally understands things that, you know, you you deal with or that you're interested in that no knock that a Nick Saban could never understand. That's not his life. And that doesn't mean that Nick Saban is not a fantastic coach. It doesn't mean that Nick Saban has a difficult time relating to his guys because his players speak very highly of him. But it's different. And I think that people are ignoring that, that when you have young men, young black men on your football team, having a black coach is a different level of influence. And it's something that is going to change these young men's lives, whether they go professional or not. Having that father figure, you know, uncle figure, whatever the case may be in your life at this stage in the game is so, like, important. Yeah, they have to be able to relate to you and you have to be able to relate to them but they have to go a step further right a lot of coaches come to these uh, i'll say hoods right these mm -hmm. inner cities mm -hmm. and they know where they're getting these kids from mm -hmm. like yo some of them from the projects some of them live a certain way like you've seen the environment you came mm -hmm. and got them from when you sit them so, on the couch and yeah mm -hmm. and when they get to your college campus you expect a light switch to hit and when they act out or they get depressed or they act a certain way, you look at them like, right. why are you acting this way? Like, nah, we don't do that here. And like, they just kind of push you away and try to let you figure out on your own right. when these are kids. Like a lot of kids need someone to put their arm around them. How prime doing is like, listen, I know where you're from. Mm -hmm. Like, listen, let's go make everybody where you're from happy. Let's make them proud. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm still going to establish discipline in you. Right, right. But I'm going to give you more grace. And I'm not going to write you off as like, ah, you're a bad seed or you're not going to ever get it. Or if you are failing your first two semesters, I'm not going to get on you as like, you're not going to get it. You're going to be academically right. ineligible like I'm going to help you because you might not have had this structure. You might have never had study hall before. Mm -hmm. So he just goes the extra mile and he surrounds people, coaches on his staff to go the extra mile for his players. Yeah. And that's what we need as college athletes. Listen, Dion, we're behind you. 100%. Right? The culture is behind you, Dion. You ain't never going to falter. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of NILs and college, Caitlin Clark is your new neighbor cuz like a good neighbor, Caitlin Clark is there. I need a little beat Whatever. Um, listen, <laughs> State Farm has signed Iowa WW women's basketball star, not WNBA yet, but she will be Caitlin Clark to his athlete roster. Now, this is a big deal because Caitlin is the first collegiate athlete to join their roster, which includes Patrick Mahomes, Chris Paul. We've seen Travis Kelsey in some ads. Here she is with Jake from State Farm. Um, and she said she's honored to be joining as the first college athlete to the State Farm team. And when asked about, you know, why she joined State Farm, she said, a team that looks out for others with with exactly the kind of legacy I want to leave behind on the court. I'm honored to be the first college athlete to join to growing the women's game together. Now, this is part of State Farm's initiative to further advance the game of women's basketball. This is fantastic. I mean... This is also a big deal. State Farm is huge. Yeah. I mean, Chris Paul, Cliff Paul, those commercials are like mm -hmm. famous. I remember watching 
those like for I don't know how many NBA seasons that you would see them. But this is crazy to be a, a college athlete to have a deal with State Farm. I mean, times have drastically right? changed. Like, don't you wish you go back to college? <laughs> like, dang. <laughs> nah, it's dope. And I love Caitlin Clark. Me right? too. She's I had, a baller. I had the pleasure of seeing her play in the, the Final Four last year because Virginia Tech girls made it. I went to go support those. They'll mm-hmm. be back. Virginia Tech will be back. I will be back, you know. But, man, to watch her play the game, the passion she had for the She's game. Insane. And I didn't know – female athletes, basketball players talk so much trash on the, mm-hmm. like, I didn't know. I thought they like, sometimes worse than the men. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I had my hand on my mouth. Like, yo, they really popping off. And like the way LSU was coming at her and she was popping off and getting to the cup. It's like, I love her as an athlete. Like yeah. she had the, she had the whole arena on fire. Like how Steph be hitting the deep jumpers and Steph yeah. start cooking and getting to the rim. She had yeah. the same no, effect. She has like very she had much crowd control. Steph, like, she has very much Steph qualities about her. And, you know, we were in, I think a lot of people were introduced to her during, you know, the, the situation with Angel Reese. But when we interviewed Angel Reese, um, you know, she speaks so highly. And to this day, she speaks so highly of Caitlin Clark and vice versa. Like they say, look, we hope to be teammates one yeah, day. Like she's this, a good this sport is, too. This is like, there. I love Caitlin. Love Clark. watching love them play her. against each other. Love watching them play individually. I'm just so proud of these young women and so excited for the future of women's basketball. I mean, the W just keeps getting better and better every year. If you're not watching, oh yeah, WNBA, you are missing out. The Aces and the Liberty face each other. I believe tomorrow, or is it tonight? Let me go ahead and look that up. I want to say it's tonight. It One might second. be tonight. Stand by. Let's go ahead and see. Um. Oh, it is today at 9 p.m. So Tune it's in. game two. Liberty, my New York Liberty take on the Aces in Las Vegas. Um, That game alone had, I believe, almost 800,000 viewers, which is crazy on an NFL Sunday. I mean, yeah. put that into perspective. The game was on a Sunday in the middle of the NFL prime slot. It was 3 o'clock game, so between the 1 and the 425 games. And almost a million people tuned in for 800,000, which was, I believe, one of their highest numbers to date. It's fantastic. Why, why do you I think they're getting so many viewers now? Do you think they have better athletes with everybody on the team nice as opposed to back in the days where it's like two on a team that literally can take over? Like, what You do know you what? Think? I think, honestly, that people are <sighs> – I think there's been so much, so many people advocating for the WNBA more than before, whether it's in the media, whether it's former athletes, current athletes. And I think that when you hear guys, when you hear athletes, specifically male athletes that you're accustomed to like watching, you know, in the NBA and things like that speak so highly of a game and speak so highly of the competition. Mm-hmm. And you see them on social media supporting these women. You want to be like, all right, what? What is this about? Like the yeah. curi- it's curiosity. They gave him a chance. It's just natural yeah. curiosity. So I'm happy that everybody or people are, are starting to watch, starting to learn that this is not women's basketball, women's sports in general is not a downgrade not, from male it's not, sports. It's, it's not. It's looking more entertaining. It's absolutely phenomenal <laughs> basketball. They're, these games are coming down to the wire. They're high competition. It's high-level trash talk. Yeah. And I'm just happy that people are now giving women's basketball the dis- the respect that it deserves. And I'm hoping it continues to grow when players like Caitlin Clark and Adriel Reese start making their way into WNBA and taking that fan base, and that fan base follows them wherever they go. This is 
It's phenomenal basketball. It is. Like, it, it really dope. is. And if you have daughters, take your daughters to see WNBA games. They'll love it. Like, They'll take your kid. It. Even if you have boys, yeah. take your boys to see WNBA games. I remember speaking to Julius Randle, and he said that he took his son to Liberty Games uh -huh. because he was like, girls can't play basketball. And he was like, uh-uh. Nah, they'd be cooking. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> and he said that he took his son, Kaiden, to a Liberty game. And Kaiden had so much fun. He was like, oh, my God, these girls are good. Yeah. Like, take your kids to see not just male basketball, but WNBA basketball as well. Not just NBA, but WNBA as well. So we're going to go ahead and uh, do that. Let me pull this rundown up on my uh, – Andrew, can you come fix my iPad again? I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this always happens to my thing. It, like, freezes. Please. <laughs> Everybody, welcome Andrew to the show. He's going to go ahead and, and fix my iPad. This happened to me before. It, like, froze. What's up, y'all? And um, he had to, like, Google how to fix it. So in the interim, I'm going to go ahead and... <laughs> Pull it up on Google Docs so we can intro the next thing that we're talking about. That's the glory and the and the strain of technology. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. All right, so Rich Paul calls out the brotherhood. This is interesting. So this is going to be a cool conversation. While appearing on ESPN's first take to promote his memoir, Lucky Me, a memoir of changing the odds, Rich Paul spoke about the lack of mentorship he received from other agents when he was first navigating through the sports business. He said, quote, no black agents came to me and said, let me help you. Let me show you. Let me help you understand. Listen to this. It's just a different time now. And the unfortunate thing is. I used to have a profound respect for those in my field. I've lost that respect for a lot of them. Very few that I have that respect for. Because? Just because of the lack of integrity, um, the lack of professionalism, and the, the way they do things. Um, it's just something that when you read that book, you'll understand why I am the way I am. And it goes back to the situation that we had on, on Gil's thing. It wasn't me trying to be a certain way towards Stephen A. You know, I would never do that. Right. What it was about was I was raised in a community to where that energy we had to navigate through every day. It ain't about me being tough because I'm, I'm for peace, right? Same here. But exactly, from right. Queens. And so I never exude, I never bring that to anybody. And so when I look at today's landscape, I just don't see the, the polishing that I got in my community by anywhere, wherever I went. In your Somebody industry. was sharpening my knife. You don't yeah. see that in your industry? No, no, because nobody did it to me. Not, no black agents came to me and said, Rich, let me help you, let me show you, let me help you understand. What they did was they went into families and talked bad about me. Oh, he's just a kid, he's just LeBron's friend, et cetera, et cetera. When LeBron's done, he's going to be done, et cetera, right. et cetera. I'm and shocked so to hear I you did, say that because I didn't never expect heard that. that. I got you. Well, that's the fact. I got you. Okay. Gonna, there's right. no gray with me. There's right. black and white. All right. And so I definitely wasn't going to get it from the, the, the establishment. So, I, but I also grew up in a time where I didn't expect you to do nothing for me either. I, I didn't. I didn't have that expectation. So, it didn't hurt me at all. I was going to go no matter what because that's how I was raised. But, yeah. But for me, I'm not going to do unto others what was done to me, right. I pay it forward. So I'm giving the game away. In that book, I'm giving the game away to 
anybody that's aspiring to be whatever they want to be. Well, listen, he went on to say that the he didn't learn much of anything from the agencies that he or the agency that he worked with that they didn't teach him anything valuable. Really? Listen to this. You mentioned black agents. White agents did that to you, too? Well, well, one. Whatever. Age, I'm just saying. Yeah, most of them. But right. I'll say this. When I started the business, the one thing you have to understand when you start a business is you have to know what you don't know. And. I didn't learn from the previous agency that I worked with. I did learn from a guy named Mark Termini, who I hired to help me be belt and suspenders. And Mark didn't have a, a huge business, but what he had was he had an unbelievable professionalism and a detail. And I was able to add that to my game. I had a little bit of it already, mm. but you know, he's 50 plus years old. I'm, I'm 30. Mark Termini yeah. is a good dude. You know, he and once again, yeah. he listens. Him and his wife, yeah. Wendy, and, they, really good and, and, and our time together, yeah. they help. And so it's not about you doing it all yourself all the time. I was smart enough to understand that I needed to fill some holes, and I went and got some people that didn't want to be me, didn't want to, you know, stand in front of me. They wanted to stand alongside me and support me, and it was a great time, and we'd done great business together, so... Jones had an interesting response to uh, one of the clips from Rich Paul's appearance on First Take, and he said this. Let's talk about something called zero-sum game. So are you, do you know what that is? I don't know what it is. Okay, so zero-sum game basically is in game theory in chess, where one person's um, loss is another person's gain or vice versa. Uh -huh. So he's basically saying in the agent game, had somebody helped Rich Paul, mm -hmm. that would have been their loss. So their advantage would have been, Rich Paul's advantage would have been his loss, uh -huh. their loss, whoever the agent is, and vice versa. So it's that's what it is. In game theory, it's basically in order to get an advantage, you have to go ahead and make somebody else lose something, and that's how it equals out. So they say that the the sum of wealth basically is zero because nobody's really winning. It's It's a wash. So... Um, it's, it's interesting, you know, because you, you would think, and I've experienced this in my career. I've, I've spoken about this before, you know, I coming up would have loved to have a female mentor. You know, I, I say all the time in my career, the only people who have ever really mentored me and given me, um, opportunities have been men. I've never had a woman specifically a black woman, sit me down and say, this is the game, this is what I had to deal with. This is how you can be better. This mm -hmm. is, you know, the keys, this is what you should do, this is what you shouldn't do. I never had that. And I always wish that I did um, because I feel like maybe it would have helped me. Thank you, Andrew. I think that maybe it would have helped me avoid certain things, make avoid making certain yeah. mistakes. But I also... You know, as I've gotten older, I also understand that people's inability or unwillingness to help you is not necessarily because you're not worthy of it. I think a lot of people are scared to lose their position to what's coming up next. And not everybody believes in the ideology of like what's for you can't be taken yeah. from you. You know, people will say it because it uh. sounds good, but un a lot of people don't actually believe that. So 
that's something that I realized, but I also am somebody who, like Rich Paul, decided to do things differently when I got into a certain position. You know, I've been at multiple events and, and you know, young girls will come up to me and say, you know, can I ask you a question? And I'm never somebody who's like, no, I'm, I'm like, yeah, like, because I wish somebody would have done that for me. Yeah. And it wasn't from lack of trying. Like, I remember reaching out to several people, you know, just trying to ask for advice and, and sending emails and DMs and not getting a response. And, you know, you it makes you, especially when you're young, it does, it takes a toll kind of on your self-esteem and your psyche because you wonder, like, why not me? Especially when you see other people have female mentors or other people have mentors of, of people that you wish would have taken you under their wing. It kind of makes you feel like, well, what, like, why am I, like, why yeah. don't you want to help me? Like, what's wrong with me? So in that regard, I hear it. Um, but I also understand the competitive nature of the industry that he's in. You know, he's a young buck coming in. He has LeBron James on his side. And even back then when LeBron was not LeBron James that we now now know he became, he was LeBron James, a chosen one. Like yeah. it was always... He always had a, a trump card in his back pocket. You know what I mean? I like the fact that he brought awareness to this because right. no one would have ever known that Rich Paul had to go through this, right? Mm -hmm. People would have thought since he got the tag from LeBron, mm -hmm. everybody would have been looking to help him. And like, if you need anything, because they felt like they'll have some kind of relationship with the chosen one, LeBron, you know? Mm -hmm. But I'm a big advocate of everything happens for a reason, mm -hmm. right? we all would love mentors or mentees like mm -hmm. to like you said prevent all the little pitfalls and like everything they did right. 15 20 years ago like let me speed up my process to get where i need to go not even just speed it up like just just you don't have to let deal me with the not struggle as yeah. much as maybe you had to maybe like only 50 percent of the way you know what i mean but you can't question god's plan at the end of the day right because they did that to you you know how many people you're gonna touch how many females in your industry that's gonna come up. And like you said, girls that talk to you after the show, mm -hmm. that's gonna come up to you. You go, make sure you go out of your way to make sure you help so many more people. Not saying you wouldn't have been the same way if someone would have helped you and showed you the ropes. Right. Like you don't know, it could have molded you into a person like, I do have to go, I gotta go catch this flight. Or I do have to go right. do this, right? And not felt bad about it because right. you'd have felt privileged. Like, yeah. But the fact that you had to grind through, like you don't know how many people you're going to touch and how many females in your industry go say, hey, Ashley Nicole Moss, like she helped me out. She was the one yeah. that helped me propel forward because one little conversation with her and it's just going to spread like wildfire. Yeah. So like we said, like what's for you can't be taken away. It this just is... might be a navigation system to how, how you're going to get there. But you go help so many people along yeah. the way when you get there. It's Fall in love with this is this is facts. And I think that for me, like, you know, I use this analogy a lot. Like whenever I do like panel discussions and a question like this comes up, you know, I relate it to this. Like for me, you know, I equate it to holding a door open. Right. So like holding a door open. Yes, it's polite. Right. But the deeper meaning for me, the deeper meaning that I've always kind of gotten from it is the ideology that it's making the destination to the same or similar place just a little bit easier because yeah. now you don't have to open the door because yeah. it was held open for you. It's not saying I'm going to guide you to your yep. to your destination. I'm just going to make it a little bit easier for you than it was for me. And I kind of feel like, you know, and this may be getting too deep, but the way that I, I view our time here on this planet 
is simply like not just to benefit ourselves, but to benefit other people, whether that's one person, whether that's several people, whether that's millions of people. And I think it's very selfish to utilize your time to just benefit you and uh -huh. your your wants and your desires. And I've always wanted to obviously grow my career and be successful in my career, but I also feel like I didn't have a successful career if the girls that come after me had to struggle as much as I did uh -huh. to get to my position and, and to continue to grow in this industry. And I think that a lot of people don't think like that or they think like that in theory, but they don't apply the action. And I think that it's unfortunate too because we see that in certain demographics and others. I think that when it comes to white people in business, for example, they're not afraid to put their homies on. Yeah. Like you see cousins and brother-in-laws mm -hmm. and, and you know, sisters of sisters of cousins and being in so many different positions yeah. to, to break bread and be successful. And I feel like because minorities tend to come from inner cities and, and neighborhoods that it's dog eat dog. And if, if you don't grind, you don't eat that you take that when you reach a level of success, you still have that mentality. And it's like, I can't put you on cause that's food off my table. Yeah. And I feel like when you get to a certain position, you have to change that ideology. Like the community can't grow uh -huh. if we're all holding on to the keys and we're all holding on to the secrets. We're always going to be at a disadvantage if, yeah. if that's the ideology we move with. And it happens in every profession, right? So when you're a rookie coming in, mm -hmm. um, every veteran, they don't want to help you because they feel like, listen, if you ball mm -hmm. and you take my spot, I'm going to be on the streets and I can't feed my family. Whereas instead of thinking that way, it's just going to be like, we all go ball. Mm -hmm. Even if you got to go to another team, you still balling, you go mm -hmm. get your deal on another team. So man, so many, even athletes deal with that. I mean, it been times on a field where you'll see guys ask guys for the coverage and they act like they don't hear them just because it's like, I'm not finna help you out. And then you'll get a contract before I get a contract. So I think, like you said, in all, especially our race, like we have to do better, right. you know, with just helping your brother or your sister. And it's not gonna take food off your table. Like you said, what's for you is gonna be for you. And just putting that good energy into right. the universe like it That's, has it no comes, i feel it like has to come back to you transactional yeah you it know? has and to come back to you i understand like we had this conversation about the rookies and the vets and i understand when you are a vet that's still actively playing and you're wide receiver one and you've got a wide receiver a young guy coming in from ohio state maybe you're a little bit like i'm gonna give you some i'm not gonna give you all the sauce because i'm still playing <laughs> but when we're talking about like say a big ben uh-huh being so dismissive of kenny pickett pickett uh -huh. And that to me is gross because you're on your way out. Yeah. Like you, and you know your, your, your chapter's your done. Like yeah. this chapter of your career is over. So you helping the next guy is not taking anything away from you. Like this is over for you. I understand more of being a little bit more selective about what you give away when you're still grinding in it, when you're still like somewhat even with the person that's coming in. But when you get to a position where you are so far past them, mm-hmm. And they're just at zero and you're already at a hundred. You helping them is not going to make them jump to a hundred. It's just going to make them maybe jump to 10. Maybe they don't got to go through um, one through nine. Like that has always been so weird to me that when you are in a position where you can help, not when you're still trying to figure out your own stuff. Cause that yeah. I get like, I was like that, like earlier in my career when I was still trying to figure it out and it looked from the outside looking in or the inside looking out, whatever the case is, 
that I had it like all figured out, but I really didn't. Mm -hmm. People would ask me, hey, you know, can you, I'm not there yet, but one day, like I'm not there yet. Now yeah. that I'm in a different position, I can start doing that a little bit more. And there's nothing wrong with that, but not doing it at all, I just feel like is, you can't it, grow. Like we can't grow, yeah. we can't better ourselves like that. And at the end of the day, it's two types of people when it comes to this. It's nobody helped me, so I'm not helping anybody. That's And that's it's one. nobody helped me. And because of that, I know how I feel. I'm helping everyone. Right. So it's all about how you see it through your lens. And hopefully, you know, everybody pivots to that second one. Where right. it's like, even if somebody didn't help me, I know how it feel. And I'm going to let everybody know the game. And like you said, it doesn't stop anything. Because didn't that happen with, uh, what was it? Uh, didn't Aaron Rodgers, not somebody in the chat just said, it remind me, King Cook said, Brett Favre didn't want to help Aaron Rodgers, and look what happened. Yeah. He didn't stop anything, Brett Favre. <laughs> you should have helped him. It would have been a better story. Exactly. He still took your job, my guy. Exactly. He's still going into the Hall of Fame. It didn't stop anything. You just look like a hater now. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate, but luckily, you know, Rich Paul's doing things differently. He's one of those people who are like, you know what? Yeah, nobody helped me, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to do it differently. Means. So. I love that, you know, not allowing, uh, I guess, the negativity and the ugliness of other mm -hmm. people. You know, my mom always has, my mom has this saying, she says, don't let other people define who you are. Yeah. And if you are somebody who, you know, is, is a good person and you want to help people and don't let that, don't let people not doing that for you change your heart, change how you move. I think everything, you know, energy is transactional. It, everything comes back full circle. Smart woman. Everything comes back full circle. So my mom thinks I don't listen to her, but I, I listen to that. So <laughs> there we go. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. There's a moment you realize you're ready for what's next in your career. Maybe it's when you're trying a new scone recipe and think, I could open a cafe. Or maybe you're helping a coworker and say, I could teach a course on this. Whatever your moment is, it's never too early to plan for a career that lives longer. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. For skills training, resume tips, and job listings, visit aarp.org work. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. 
Listen, speaking of, it is almost 12 o'clock. So that means the winner for the Pepsi Zero Rookie of the Week is coming. So we are going to go ahead and recap our nominees for week five with our segment, Yo, Rookie. All right, all right, all right. So let's take a look at the Pepsi Zero Sugar NFL Rookie of the Week nominees for week five. Now, voting has closed, and we are going to find out the winner in the next few minutes. But just reminding you of the nominees, number one, we have Bryce Young, quarterback from the Carolina Panthers, 25 of 41 attempts for 247 yards and three touchdowns in week five. We have Miami running back Devon Achain recorded 165 scrimmage yards and scored one rushing touchdown in the Dolphins' Week 5 win. Dolphins are definitely going to go ahead and miss him. He's going to be missing a few games, as we now know. We have Denver running back Jail McLaughlin recorded 89 scrimmage yards and scored one receiving touchdown in Week 5. We have Philadelphia defensive tackle Jalen Carter recorded four tackles, two sacks, and two tackles for a loss in the Eagles' Week 5 win. We have Chicago defensive back Terrell Smith. He recorded six tackles, one forced fumble, and one fumble recovery in the Bears' Week 5 win. And lastly, we have Indianapolis Colts wide receiver Josh Downs caught six passes for 97 yards in the Colts' Week 5 win. Now, yesterday we had, you know, double the trouble, and we had the opportunity to speak to both rookies, Terrell Smith and Josh Downs, about being nominated. So check this out in case you missed it. I'm just going to do this until we get it up there. Do we have it? Do we have it? Do we have it? Do you want me to recite it like a monologue? No? We don't have the video. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) No video. (laughs) But yesterday we did get a chance to talk to uh, rookie, like I said, Terrell Smith and Josh Downs about being nominated. I mean, B-Flow, what would you take away from those rooks? Man, I like the determination they had, right? And when you ask them that question, the same question, uh, my rookie year will be what? Successful. Wasn't it's that insane crazy? they had the same I know. answer. Like, I mean, it just shows, like, how much they put into it. They really care about the game. Right. And I just love to see young boys out there making plays. I think it's just so impressive. Each and every year, I feel like these rookies are more and more mature. Yeah. Um, I feel like they – I don't know. I just feel like I, I, maybe it's just the, the the culture of football and, you know, all the things of social media and the advancements in like science and training and nutrition and all that stuff. But they are more prime for the NFL each and every year and just more like composed. And, you know, that's a good point you brought up. Like, is it because of social media? They're more mature because we didn't have social media. And we was wild, wild, open as rookies. <laughs> nobody would ever know we can talk about what we did. So that's crazy. I never thought about that. Yeah. Listen, um, well, last week, week four, uh, the winner of that rookie of the week was Puka Nakua. Listen, he has Poop. been balling. Yeah. Listen, I we had Puka on the show. Such a nice guy. So soft-spoken, well-spoken. Just very good in energy. 
they get Cooper Rush back. Not Cooper Rush, Cooper Cup. Cooper Rush. I have the Dallas <laughs> Cowboys on my head. Um, they get Cooper Cup back. The two of them together, I mean, come They'll on. They'll be ready to go. Yeah. Are you just impressed by how – I mean, this is a guy that – I don't think a lot of people had him on their radar. At all. And I, I also like the clip where his uh, girlfriend, wife, when he scored his touchdown, mm-hmm. how insane she went. Man, you're just happy for this guy because you can tell, like you said, how you talk to him. He a guy that puts in the work, yeah. right? He don't expect nothing. He only expects what he put in that he's going to get out. So – Hey, y'all got him in a couple weeks now, so you better hope he ain't getting too uh, uh, yeah, out there. Yeah, I know. All right, <laughs> listen. Thank you for that reminder. Appreciate that. Well, listen. <laughs> that has been the Pepsi Zero Sugar NFL Rookie of the Week, and this has been Yo Rookie. All right, we are going to dive back into NFL football. Not rookie speaking. This is more vet talk. But a mile-high clean sweep may be on the way. Now, for uh, for the past few days, uh, rumors have been swirling that the NFL teams, that several NFL teams, rather, have called the Denver Broncos about trades for several players, including wide receiver Jerry Judy, left tackle Garrett Bowles, and safety Justin Simmons. Teams have also allegedly asked about wide receiver Cortland Sutton and pass rusher Frank Clark. Now, per NFL Network's James Palmer, players within the Broncos locker room believe a potential teardown is coming. Now, currently, Denver is 1-4, and and they face the Kansas City Chiefs tomorrow. So, yeah. That's it, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Now, yeah, that's not going to be a good game. Um, Head coach Sean Payton disputed these rumors and said that the team is not, I repeat, not looking to trade their players at the deadline. Let's listen. The the, uh, trade deadline, what what is the balance of like in terms of the time you spent with George evaluating the landscape of what could be out there? Yeah, look, generally speaking, and and I I appreciate it's a good question. George and I talk every day, three, four times a day. Um, we're not looking to do business with, with any of our players. That doesn't prevent teams from calling at times, you, you know. And so, um, you know, we just, you know, you pick the phone up, but um, that's kind of where it's at. And, you know, we've got a good handle on this current roster and then our vision for the roster a year from now. And, and you know, that's, that's the part about improving and getting better. But... Um, you know, until you just said it, I, I wouldn't have known it was three weeks away. I mean, I, three weeks seems like an eternity right now. So, Coach, I'm- Sean, <laughs> Sean, we I don't believe you, Sean. We know how this goes. I don't believe you, Sean. Now, listen, <laughs> the NFL trade deadline is October 31st, Halloween. That is not a joke. That's real. Uh, at 4 p.m. So it's going to be trick or treat for some of these guys. But, Sean, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. <laughs> there are some things there that definitely raised my eyebrows. He said, we're not looking, but if people are calling, we can't not pick up the phone. You could not pick up the phone, <laughs> but you want to pick up the phone. 
I don't believe you. But then say I didn't hear anything about this until you brought it up. Liar. Like, hey, come on now, Sean. But the phone, like you didn't hear nothing about it, but the phone is ringing and you picking yeah. up the phone. I don't believe you, Sean. Sean Payton. It's, hat. I'm gonna put this right here. Look, this is Sean Payton. I know cap. it's a Dolphins hat, but it's big cap. <laughs> big cap, Sean. I don't believe you. It's, it's crazy that people are even talking about trying to rebuild oh. this whole roster, right? Because before Russ came two years ago, they said this was one of the best rosters in the NFL. You just got to plug in a quarterback, mm -hmm. and they should be a contender for the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So this quick. You want to go ahead and tear down this roster? Like, you can't. You have too many core pieces. You have too many key pieces. It's up to this head coach to figure this out. Because when you have mm. the roster, what like, what are they missing? Besides a no-line that they can shore up a little bit more. But every NFL team has a couple holes that they got to fill. It's like, nah, Mr. Payton, it's on you to get this team where they should be. When you start – tearing down and trying to build through the draft you create more and more holes now you're waiting for draft picks to come in and be who you thought they were going to be instead of just having a vet that can play ball in-house i mean this is a this is a team that had um a top five defense not that long ago yeah and they're not remotely even close to that anymore so i mean i hear what you're saying but let's call a spade a spade they're gonna fall to one and five tomorrow it, yeah. it would take a miracle 100%. For them to win that game. So you're one and five. Your season at that point is pretty much a wash. With every, with all the other competition in the AFC, like, let's be honest, it's pretty much a wash. Yeah. But yeah. it's tearing down a way to do this, though. I mean, how else are you going to go ahead? And if he's saying that we have an idea of what our roster is going to be in the next year, if it's this, you're going to lose again. Okay. So, so what's the alternative? You have to go ahead and start thinking about what pieces fit, what pieces can stay, what pieces got to go, and what better time to do that than in the middle of a season that's pretty much a wash for you. It's over. You're not winning. You're not going to the playoffs. It would take a miracle for you to be a wild card. Like, it's not going to happen. My thing is, look at the guys they're talking about giving up. Justin, Justin Simmons is one of the best safeties, young safeties in an NFL. You don't have Kareem, to give up all these guys, but if people if are calling about some of these, you got to start thinking like... You can't give up Simmons because Kareem Jackson is in year 15, so he's on his way out. You can't let both of your safeties go. Mm -hmm. Like, those are your guys that keep the secondary together, so you got to keep Simmons. And then Judy, I mean, you're talking about Ju Judy and Sutton. Like, I mean, are you going to give one up or the other? I would keep Judy if you had to keep somebody, but Sutton ain't a scrub. He's he not, but I mean, if we're thinking about this, if we're looking at this, the team is not working. From a multiple, from a multiple of angles, it's not working. So if you start fielding phone calls and you start hearing what's out there and what you can get in return from certain guys, I mean, you have to start thinking about what pieces can fit into your roster, what pieces make sense into your roster. You can't keep everybody. It's not going to work. If you think that you're going to go into next season – with a better offensive line, everything that you have and think a miracle is going to happen, the team you, doesn't work. From get, a multiple of angles, it does not work. You need to figure out how and why it doesn't work and what you have to do to change it. I just feel like they're so close. If you get Wait, one How do you figure they're so close? They're almost they, one in five. They still have a defense. <laughs> they still have a defense. If they get one, maybe two offensive linemen in free agency, and then let's just say they get a Caleb Williams – in the draft, you get some energy. You put him at quarterback. Caleb Williams? Yes. You just paid Russell Wilson a bajuckle amount of money. Matter. What are you going to do it, with him? You got to go. 
Where is he gonna go? Who's mentor? Pick, nobody. Who's, who's picking <laughs> well, up you that contract? Well, you gonna have to mentor this young boy. You think Russell Wilson's gonna mentor Caleb Williams? Well, like the way the way the season going. Let's be for real, Brandon. The way the season going this year. If you're a Broncos fan, not saying Russ is this or that. Like, mm-hmm. if you're a fan, I'm just talking about fan. Do you feel confident and hopeful going into next year if you finish the year with four or five wins and Russ still your quarterback? Fans don't care about money. Like, you have to get the fans on board. You got to get the guys in the locker I, room I'm gonna on board. I'm going to be honest. I don't know. Russell Wilson is an, an enigma to me right now because I don't know – I don't know if it I, – I don't believe that what's going on in Denver right now is a Russell Wilson problem. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. I don't think it's all Russell Wilson. But on the same side of that conversation, I don't know what Russell Wilson is at this stage in the game because I haven't seen him in a functional football team. Only they know that. I only know the Russell Wilson of – Seattle Seahawks. I can't tell you what version of Russell Wilson this is because I have not seen him in an environment that's conducive to really make that decision. Now, I will say he's lost a lot of the magic of Russell Wilson Mm -hmm. from Seattle. I think that's fair. I think he's a tier two quarterback now. I no longer think he's a tier one Mm -hmm. quarterback. I think that's fair. But do I think that I can't make the assessment of if Russell Wilson is a forever piece or if he's a piece, you got to start thinking about, like, this may not be. the. I, I can't make that assessment. It's There's too much chaos around him for me to actually clearly say that. So this is what helps me make the assessment, especially if I'm a fan. Hackett was frustrated with him last year, right? And you can say, oh, Hackett, it was your fault. But mm-hmm. when you see how Sean Payton is just frustrated and say, Russ, like, you're getting sacked because you're not hitting a hot route. Like, what are you doing? The offensive line and sucks. Then, it's non-existent. But – but if, if if Sean Payton is saying the running back is hot, get it to him quick, it's just like it's in his system. It's built. And you see Russ don't even really acknowledge him. He just keep walking, which us athletes do all the time. But now it's Sean Payton. Do you want to deal with this next year or do you want to start fresh? Because this is going to be frustrating for Sean Payton too because Russ isn't going to change. I still, I still think he's, like you said, a tier two quarterback. He's a tier two quarterback. He can go somewhere that will let him just be him. Right. Maybe like a – Tennessee, well, Mike Vrabel would be like, Rush, you just cook. We... Who's picking – Who? but here's the thing. Who yeah, is absorbing that, that contract? Nobody's picking up that tab. When you – listen, Russell Wilson's still a tier two quarterback. I'm not going to call him a scrub. But are you picking up that contract, absorbing that contract with what you see Russell Wilson doing but, or not doing in Denver? But if you have are the opportunity – Are you like, yeah, 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 bring him here. Bring him here. You're not – you don't want you're that. Not, but if you have an opportunity to get Caleb Williams, are you passing that up? Just because you're paying Russell Wilson right now, it might not be another Caleb Williams in the next two or three years. No, you're not passing it up. I just don't know. You think it's chaotic now? You bring Caleb Williams into Denver with a pissed off Russell Wilson who already is getting sacked left and right because he has a crap offensive line, much like he had in his later years in Seattle. You bring in a UC, a USC stud (laughs) who's prime and ready to take his job. You think that's going to go well for the Denver Broncos? You think it's chaotic now? So that's Armageddon. Just, no, I think it that's is. That's Armageddon. I'd rather it be Armageddon on the good end where we just eating cash and we just eating that bread that – well, you go eat it regardless, whether he going to be there or not. it would be like, I'll still bring Caleb in. It's just like he's just going to play. And it's just going to be Russell when your money ain't killing us no more. Like, you know you're on your way out. But I think we're also forgetting – 
the Broncos aren't tanking. They're not even let. They're not even smart enough to tank at this point. <laughs> they they're actually trying. Win. They're actually trying to win yeah, football they, they just games. Can't win. Like Arizona, they like you're supposed to be tanking. Stop yeah. winning. Which pissed me off in the Cowboys because it's like, why are you actually playing? Like you have a bigger picture. But <laughs> I digress. This Denver team doesn't have draft picks. So mm-hmm. you don't have a choice you're but right. to start answering phone calls. Right. You can't build through the draft. You don't have any picks. You right so, about like, that. You right about that. You have that. to start. I forgot taking, they don't have draft. You got to start taking these phone calls. Like, oh, okay, Jerry Judy. All right, what do you want? Like, you don't have a choice. This you're is your only right. option. You got to get some of that back. So you got to dismantle this locker room. This is the only way you can salvage this partnership of Russell Wilson. And Sean Payton. This is your only way to fix it. It's stressful to talk about. I can't even imagine what, like, John Elway and those guys in mm. the front office is just thinking right now how they go make it work. But that's why they get paid what they get paid. I would like to say that uh, if Sean Payton would have just waited a year. That's all he had to do. Wait one year. You wouldn't be in this situation, just sir. Wait one year. You would have waited. <laughs> Brandon tells this story all the time. And I can say it now because it's over and done. He was in uh, Arizona. I believe it was, and he was at dinner or lunch or whatever, and sitting at the table next to him was Sean Payton and Jerry Jones. I believe it. I believe Before it. Before Sean Payton took the job in Denver, and Brandon tells me this story, and I said, oh, my God, it's happening. I interviewed Sean Payton in the L.A. Super Bowl, uh-huh. and when I asked him, he follows me on, on Twitter now. When I asked him, you know, like off camera, I was like, so like you coming to Dallas? He gave me a smirk. His face lit up. He was happy. He was excited. It's almost perfect. Like it's. I don't it know what happened. Perfect. It'd have been perfect. <laughs> and I love Sean Payton. Like as a head coach, like and how much success waited, Sean. he had. Yeah. Should have been us, Sean. It should have been us. But I digress. We will see what happens with the Denver Broncos. Like I said, the trade deadline is October thirty first at four p.m. And the Broncos face the Chiefs tomorrow, Thursday night football. We'll have the odds for that game. We'll dissect that on tomorrow's show. But I, I think we all know how <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna end. Um, I know the chat was saying, "Yay, no Cowboys talk." Well, guess what? Jokes on you because here come the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. Uh, CDs, Cowboys confusion. Now, Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones spoke to the media yesterday, and when he was asked about if he wants to see wide receiver CeeDee Lamb get more opportunities, Jones said, quote, I don't know about that. He went on to say the team needs to spread the ball around to several wide receivers and tight ends. Brandon, stop laughing. (laughs) Um, Now, Lamb is due for a contract extension, so this is his contract year. And to date, he has only had four receptions in his last – he's only had four receptions in the last five games of this year. So he actually spoke to the media as well. When asked about the identity of this team offensively, Lamb was completely transparent and brutally honest and said, quote, I don't know. Listen. What's the identity of this offense? I don't know. Should you five weeks into the season? I guess so. I don't know. How do you guys find it? I don't know. Well, that's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's fantastic. He's being honest because I don't know either. I don't know either. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> honest man. Um, none of us know, CD. We're all confused. We're all with you. This is um 
first and foremost, Jerry Jones talks too damn much. Like, if we're being honest. It's, like, it's comical. I need like. you to stop talking. <laughs> you don't have to give a comment on everything. You don't have to respond to everything. Like, for you to say that your star wide receiver doesn't need more touches. You you came out of your mouth. The words came out of your mouth when asked, should CeeDee Lamb be getting more touches? You said, I don't know about that. Jerry, stop talking. You don't need to, like, be an owner. Go chill on the yacht. Like, why? You don't have to do this anymore. Like, you don't have to do this. It's frustrating. I need him to stop talking. That's first and foremost. Stay in the office. Stay in the suite. Stay on the yacht. You have so much money, Jerry. Like, if I had Jerry Jones's money, you would only see me on game day. Get him a championship, and that'll happen. No, we can't get a championship until he stops talking first. Shh. Shh. <laughs> but if I had Jerry Jones' money, you would never see me. I would just pop up to the games with my family. Yeah, go Cowboys. Maybe I would pop up to a practice every now and then in my helicopter. That's I would it. never speak to the media. I would... You, I I'm love Jerry, I'm going to let man. the business people handle it. I ain't got nothing to do with that. I'm 70-something years old. I, listen, I'm rich. I'm minding my business. Just win me a Super Bowl. That's all. I, like, why do you need to do this? Like, it's it's so exhausting. I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of it. I love Jerry. Jerry Jerry's at that age, right, where he's older, and he don't care what nobody thinks. He goes, say Old what he feels. Old people do not care what they think. <laughs> like that is true. That's a good point. Him, like, I got point. you. And they be like, shut up. Like, dog. <laughs> I thought I was just opening the door for you, bro. <laughs> That's what Jerry is. He don't care that y'all want him to stop talking. It's like, like he gonna let you know lady, how he that feels. old lady sitting on the phone and she goes, you think I care? Cause I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jerry a thousand percent. But um, with CD getting his touches, you know, I just think they have to design touches for him. Now, if this was any other team but the Cowboys, because I think Jerry Jones is a great owner. Whereas when it comes to paying his guys, like he never stingy. He want to get his guys uh, touches. Uh, Jerry, Jerry pays, and he's loyal. He don't, he don't release them early. He pays his guys. I remember guys. he dragged Dak Prescott's contract situation out. I mean. Out. And then what happened? He fractured his ankle. And then all of a sudden, you see the team lose. And now it's like, we need you, Dak. Why? That was literally, in the past 15 years, that might have been the only contract that he dragged out. Because if this was any other franchise, he dragged out Zach Martin's contract. Two. But, but, <laughs> <laughs> I could go down the list if you give me enough time. But like, any other team, right? Yeah. A lot of people don't know this. When people are coming up for their big contracts, a lot of teams try to shy away from them and say they, the numbers are declining, so they mm -hmm. don't need a specific number. But like I said, in this case, with Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, that that's not going to happen because that's just not what he does. I just think McCarthy has to get seated the ball. I feel like the offense flow better. When CD is touching the ball early, whether it's screens, hitting them on just slants and just getting them touches, because if not, he gets disinterested. Like, I you don't come alive late in the game if you don't get early touches. You know, when we spoke about the just blowout of, um, you know, the San Francisco game, you know, I said this is still a top 10 defense, and I can't put the loss on the defense because, yes, they did give up 40 points. You had those games. But – there were times where they made multiple stops and the offense couldn't convert and couldn't do anything with those stops. And eventually you put your defense on the field consistently, three and out, three and out, three and out. They start losing a little bit of that magic. You can't rely on your defense solely to win the game. Offense has to score. And I said, for me, the biggest question mark is I don't know who this offense or what this offense is. And hearing that from a, a player 
is concerning because for the longest time, you knew the identity of the Cowboys offense. It was a run heavy mm-hmm. offense. You knew that that was their identity. Yeah, Dak would go ahead and pass and he would do his thing, but you knew nine times out of 10, they were running that football. That was their identity. That's what broke you down. They have shied away from that. And Mike McCarthy's play calling, the predictability, the lack of creativity. I don't know what the strong suit of this offense is. I know that they have a horrible time converting in the red zone. I know half the time it seems like they can't even get to the red zone. You don't know what the secret sauce is of this offense. And hearing that from CD, who's there in the trenches, in and out, every day, practices, you know, workouts, game day, that's concerning because your players don't even know what their role is at this point. But it's also tough, right? You want to be a run-heavy offense, right? Because that's what you're used to. That's how you win your games. But then when your star receiver is like, I'm not getting my touches, what do you do? Do you want to get him his touches so he can stay happy? Or are you just like Jerry Jones? Like, I don't care if you're happy or not. Like, we're going to do what but we do. But what's the alternative is what I'm saying. Like, if you're not willing to give C.D. Lamb his touches, right, what's the alternative? Because here's my issue is that – what I saw in that game was not utilizing CeeDee Lamb and also not utilizing the run game. It, it was apparent to me that Mike McCarthy, the play calling, the scheme, was not run heavy. You mm-hmm. don't. It, I don't know if it's not you don't trust Deuce Vaughn, you don't trust Tony Pollard in the way that you used to trust Ezekiel Elliott to pound those holes because you're not running them. You're not giving CeeDee more touches so so, like, what's the scheme? Just having Dak thrown into the abyss? I'm confused. Like, what, what, what's like, what's the game plan here? Why did it surprise you as a it Cowboys does. fan? Like, because, why did it surprise? Because you? even though it surprises me, because even though that they would fall short in games that mattered, you always knew what they were going to do offensively. It I was get run that, that I get football. That. I get. Sometimes it. it worked. Sometimes it didn't. This is the first season that I'm watching these games. And I don't know what the hell is going but, on. But I, like, said I that, don't know what the game plan is. I said this Monday. When you play a team for some reason, Dallas, McCarthy, when they play a team that they feel can score quick, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if it's just mentally. They don't feel like they can run the ball because they feel like, yo, it's too slow. Like, if we don't convert, it's like we're burning too much time. They're going to go score quick. And it's just, I don't know, it's just like psychologically something goes on with the Cowboys when they play an opposing offense who's explosive. They feel like they have to be explosive as well. Mm-hmm. Whenever you see them play a team, like let's just say Dallas is going to play Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh is going to run the ball. Then you'll see the real Dallas come out. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't like the matchup with y'all with the Chargers because the Chargers are going to air the ball out and then Dallas is going to try to do the same exact thing. And that's the, I don't know, it's recipe for failure for y'all. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm very confused. And, you know, I said this after the San Francisco game. It's still early in the season. Obviously, you know, that game showcased what this Cowboys team is right now. I still think this is a good football team. I don't think anybody who watches football can say that this is not a good football team. I just think that there's levels and there's tiers. And what that game against the 49ers showcased is that they're not on the level of, 
the 49ers. They're just not. I think they are. I just think they play no their way. worst you, game when San you, Fran played one of their best games. Here's the thing. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best or you got to compete it's with the best. Game. I think that had the Cowboys at least competed and made it competitive and still lost, yeah, there would have been haters and, you know, the Cowboy haters would have came out and Stephen A. Smith would have been like an accident waiting to happen. But if you actually dove into the X's and O's, you would have said, you know what? They competed. It came down to the wire. Like this, there, there, they, there's, there's something here. I walked away from that game saying, this is a good football team. This is not a great football team. At least not in week five. I'm a firm believer these next three weeks is going to showcase to me and to the fans and to everybody exactly what this team is made of. But how do you, you bounce if you back dissect, from this? If you dissect the game, y'all got great shots early. Y'all got turnovers early. Couldn't convert. That's the thing. That's the thing. Y'all didn't convert off y'all turnovers and stops, and San Fran just got seven. That's why the game, like, got out of whack. If Dak didn't turn the ball over three times and they didn't turn that into points, it would have been, what, a two-score, two-touchdown game? That wouldn't have been that bad. It just so happened that y'all defense that usually holds up, they bent and they broke because they was on the field just too many times. So if Dak just don't turn the ball over, like y'all gonna be hard to get, I be mean, hard to beat this year. Well, we're going to face the Chargers and Kellen Moore, who's looking that's, for revenge. That's so gonna be that's, a good one. That's that's gonna be fun. But y'all can easily beat the Chargers 35-32. Like you don't know which Charger team gonna show up. I don't know which Cowboy team is gonna show up. So I guess we're both <laughs> we're both rolling the dice here. So that should be fun. That game is uh four twenty five, I believe. It'll be a good Let me one. go ahead and see. Let me go ahead and see real quick. Stand by. I believe it's 425. Uh, oh, no. It's 815. Monday Night Football. Oh. That's going to be live. Oh, well, the plot thickens. Of course, it's a primetime game. <laughs> Everybody loves primetime <laughs> Cowboys have to play well. games. Y'all have to play well Monday. I can't. I can't lose <laughs> primetime games. Those, those are national well. games. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, there's nothing else to watch but yeah. you. Damn it. All right. Um, positivity, positivity, <laughs> sage, 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 manifest, manifest, manifest. All right. Well, listen, to close out the show, we're going to have a topic about if you don't have haters, you ain't popping. All right. So last week, a Pac-12 assistant coach anonymously accused, anonymously accused Colorado Shador Sanders of taking sacks so that his completion percentage doesn't take a hit. Now, per The Athletic, the anonymous, I say that again, the anonymous coach said, quote, he holds on to the ball for a long time. The full quote is, I think they want to rack up some stats for Shador. He really holds on to the ball for a long time. I think he takes sacks because he doesn't want to affect his completion percentage. He's playing a little different than he did earlier in the season. Well, Shador had something to say about that. In a video shared to Instagram by the quarterback's Hall of Fame dad and coach, Deion Sanders, Shador called the anonymous coach a lame and a goofy. Check this out. Oh, he got too much of a brain. You already stepped, Pat, so what is it? Tell that coach, whoever said that, is a goofy, you lame. 100%. put that in the video, bro. I wish I was on Instagram. Oh God, I would respond to that. Whatever coach said, it's goofy. Go pop it up. It's once you throw a pick instead of getting set. Yeah, man. Right-handed guy. He'll rather have me than his guy. Yeah. 
I like it. He said, right hand to God, he'd <laughs> rather have me than his guy. Um, first of all, the graphic's hilarious. We got an anonymous coach in the graphic there because <laughs> it's faceless. Um, I hate anonymous reports. Yeah. Like, I am somebody who, like, if you ain't going to say it, that then mean, don't say yeah. it. Like, you hiding behind anonymity is just, like, so corny. First of all, you hiding behind that to a kid yeah. is corny. You hiding behind that to a professional athlete is corny. But a kid is even cornier. Like, yo, stand in it. You can do a lot of this to the media. You had a lot of this to say to whatever reporter got the quote from you. Put your name to it. Put your face to it. What's going to happen to you? And they won't do that because they have to play Colorado. And they don't want that smoke with him with a chip on his shoulder Corny. when he come in. I like the trash. So I love everything Shador said when he got a chance to pop back off. Um, Shador is a guy that love the game, right? Love and the game. It, and love then it comes from his pops. Like, uh -huh. he's not worrying about no stats. He don't care about how many yards he throw for. At the end of the day, Shador wants to get that W, right? And just stunt after the game. It's just, that's who he is. That's all he knows. But with Colorado, in anything they do, it's going to come a lot of hate, right? Even when Travis Hunter got hurt, it's just like, well, he playing both ways. If he just played one side of the ball instead of them trying to, anything Colorado do, does, excuse me, they know they're going to receive right. all the hate coming their way. But I love the way they embrace it. You know, they seem like they built for it. I just feel like, I don't know, like, it's so corny to me. Like, just, I don't know. I'm just somebody who, like, if you can't say it, then don't say it. Sometimes I feel like nobody even really says it. It has to, like, somebody is thinking this, a reporter is thinking this, but he got to put it anonymous on it for it to be valid. Why is it got to, it's more valid if it's coming from a direct name i don't know see that's why i respect like what colorado state did yeah. that's why i respect what oregon did like yeah. they put a face in the trash talk <laughs> they said oregon's head coach was like they looking for clicks we looking for wins i respect that like talk your trash run your mouth do all of that and put your face to it like one or two things is gonna happen you either gonna get all the glory when you win yeah or you're gonna get all the smoke when you lose nothing crazy is gonna happen but you hiding behind a faceless thing is is i don't know i'm not a fan of it i think it's corny i just feel like if you're not gonna say it then don't say it i just i just think it's weird yeah they don't want that smoke that coach don't want that smoke Who, whatever team he coaches for he do not want that smoke that's why he hid behind it but that's not good they ain't gonna do nothing but just get Shador his mold. He will come out and throw right. for another 350. You know, that's that's what I love about him too. He feed off that pressure. He feed off that controversy. So You again, ever you ever have an anonymous source say something about you? Crazy? Nah, it could be. I don't pay attention to You anything. never heard something about like an anonymous source coming to you and said Nah, not really. I'm so low key, Ash. Like, look at my IG. I don't post nothing. I probably haven't posted since 2014. You haven't posted like, since like we were. I was actually gonna collab with him on a video <laughs> that we did on the nothing. show Monday. I think it was. And I'm like, this man hasn't posted since like 2022. Literally, like, this is I wouldn't even be have an IG. This is gonna I, be pointless. Yeah, like, I didn't even have an IG for the longest, and somebody made me get one. Like, I like to disappear. So. If somebody gonna oh, say something about yeah, if somebody gonna say something about me, like my ears just shut off. Like once I hear somebody said, like it's cool. That's me. Oh, 
why is it that you don't want Instagram? Because like, why are you like, are you like, like anti-Instagram? Like, I like scrolling and I'm a people watcher. Like, I like to see what everybody's doing. Not a people. Doing. Yeah. You're a like, creeper. Nah. You don't like going to restaurants and eating good food and just watching everybody come no. in. And, no, I love people watching. You airport, like people watching? Airport, restaurants, I love What is it about watching. people watching that you like? Because I weirdly try to figure out who they are, what they do. That might be my little acting little thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just always trying to figure out and dissect a person, what they're about, you know? I'm weirdly. To, I'm trying to figure if I'm like a people. But I, I definitely. You know what? I'm going to be honest. I think it's the New York in me. I like to mind my business. Yeah? Yeah, I'm not like a, my, <laughs> I'm not, it's funny, like, Things like I'm observant. Uh huh. Like if it's like a okay. No, no, no. Like I'm observant. No, no, no. I'm not a people watcher, but I'm observant. Meaning like, okay, if a crime happened and I was like interviewed, (laughs) gotta figure it out. And the guy and the cops came to me and was like, "Yo, the person that did it, what shirt were they wearing?" Da 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 da. I'd be like, oh, it was green. Like, I'm observant like that. Like, I, I peep. That's even creepier. I peep. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's the New York in me. I peep my surroundings. Like, I'm always aware of, like, what's going on around me. Like, I'm, I'm aware of, like, who's standing where. Like, what looks sus. What de- Like, I'm always around, like, aware of my surroundings. But, like, people watching... Like you just, act like I'm staring, like, like hold like, on, let me see how mm. they chewing this. Like, no. That's what it makes it. That's no, what it sounds like. I literally pan the room when I people watch. Like, if they over there toasting and having fun, I'm like, oh, that's a tech group. Oh, them. They oh, just see, I don't do that. Like, I don't, yeah, oh, you that's make up storylines. Yeah, I make up whole storylines. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't yeah. do that. I'm just observing for like, I just scan the room quickly, observe like situations nah, so that I know like. way more creepier where, than like, what I do. No way. Like, I just want to know like where the exits are. <laughs> I want to know like, all right, like, okay, uh-huh. Like, I just make sure. I know what my surroundings are, like, at all times. Yeah, but going to IG, like, I don't even know why I have one. I don't like taking pictures. I don't like being, like... Why don't you like taking pictures? You just think it's weird? weird? to me. It's weird to, can like, I, for me to post can for I a picture. I don't you, even know how to take pictures. I like, will tell you this, though. Like, guys taking... Uh, this may be, like, sexist, but that's okay. We're going to have this conversation. Um, Men taking selfies weirds me out. For me, taking like, pictures... S- Pictures, whatever. You didn't take like, a pictures like at all. Like, no, no, I got no, like, a post, like, no, 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 like pictures. Like, if you're like out with the boys and y'all like, oh, let's get a yeah, split real quick. That's memories. Or like, you know, that's if memories. like you're on vacation and you're like your fits hard and someone takes a picture of you by the pool, like, but like a man like posting like a <laughs> like a like it's like you did the lips though. If Drake do does li- that. <laughs> Drake goes like it's. I don't know. There's something about a man like holding his phone up nah, and like I taking a selfie that I'm like, bro. I get it. What? I get it. I get it. I cannot. I, this is a true story. I was in the design district, which is like an area of Miami where they have like all these high end stores or whatnot. And I walked past. I was at a restaurant down there and there was this. I was with my girlfriends. We had just like finished like doing some shopping or whatever. We were getting some food. And there was a guy at the table like adjacent to uh-huh. like he was in my sight of view. Good looking. I was like, hmm. You know what I mean? I was going to go over there and just be like, he was like with his boys. So like he didn't, he didn't have any women around. I'm like, yeah. maybe he's single or whatever. I was going to go over and like, you know, start you a conversation. And, yeah. That's me. dope. That's dope. I slid in DMs. Like, hell yeah. Uh, what the hell? kind of cool ass. Heck That's yeah. Dope. I've slid in DMs before. Like okay. nothing crazy, nah, but like a no, little like eye emoji. <laughs> like, That's cool. Um, you got to shoot your shot. You know what I'm saying? So. Whatever, I was like, okay, he's kind of cool, whatever. He had, like, a nice fit on. He was fly or whatever, whatever. And I was like, oh, I'm going to, like, go over and just say what's up, like, da-da-da. And then he picked his phone up. 
And like his boys, I guess one of his boys went to the bathroom. The other one went to go take a phone call, uh-huh. stepped away from the table. So he's at the table by himself. And he picks his phone up, holds it, and starts taking. I said, uh-uh, not doing it's that. It's just a flaw. You mm-hmm. can't you can't X him out because mm-hmm. of his. <laughs> I, I immediately got turned off. And maybe that's wrong. But maybe what, that's okay. wrong of me. So if you go, but I was like, oh, no, I can't do it. If like, you slide on IG and you see a guy that you think attract him, he just have a selfie picture on there, would you X him out too? How, like, is it old? Like an old selfie? It don't matter is when it, it is. It's, it don't matter. <laughs> There's if it's just, just a something selfie, about a man, you just like, seen him do it in person. If you'd have just looked at his IG and just seen the picture on there, I'm going to be honest, there, like, even... It depends. Like, is it like an ASAP Rocky type selfie? Where it's like, selfie got, he's selfie. got like grills in it. Like, it's selfie like, or is selfie. it like a Drake type selfie? Like, what kind of nah, selfie is it? No, that is, is two it? different selfies. Those I mean, are two different you've selfies. seen a guy. I guess his selfie nah, his was selfie, Drake-ish. Was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he got to stop doing that. <laughs> <It> Drake- <laughs> okay, so boom. The guy that I was, I saw at the restaurant made this exact face. But I he, get it. But okay. his camera was fake. So his yeah, phone, yeah, yeah, his yeah, had yeah, his yeah, phone yeah, up yeah, in the air and was doing this exact facial expression. And I was like, Nah, I get it. I get it. Uh, I just, <laughs> I don't know. Like, you don't have like a, if you like saw a fly girl out, uh-huh. there's not something she could do like in real time that you were like, oh, damn it. Like that's you have like a instant turn off. I just don't like loud women. If they, she ain't loud, she cool. Like I find a good. Well, who's people. I'm loud weird. and who would just be randomly loud and like you? Plenty of women like. I don't like, okay, I, I, I would say I would say more if she's seeking, seeking attention. Like, you can be oh. fly and work the room and do it in a fly way. But if you, like, loud and seeking oh. attention, want to be loud and take shots and talk loud. Like and it's like, Yeah, just being loud and just causing too much attention to yourself. Like One like, of the I'm things good. that I love seeing, like, I have a lot of, like, guy friends. Like, I've always, like, you know, just liking sports, like, gravitated to having, like, male friends. Yeah. And once... <laughs> And, you know, I have male friends who, like, do very well for themselves. Like, some some are athletes, some are whatever. So, like, you know, girls are, like, flocking over them. So, I remember one time being out with one of my guy friends. We're at a restaurant. And um, <laughs> this girl obviously was trying to get his attention. Uh-huh. And keeps walking back and forth, back they and forth. They do that like, all the time. Like, going to the bathroom, going to the bathroom, uh, going to the bar, like, yeah. back and forth. And I'm sitting there like, girl. I see you walking. That literally back make and you forth. not want to get them. Instead of just walking, you see how you said you walk straight. That's why I said that's not dope that, that you do that. But like, where the table is like here. Uh huh. The bathroom is here. Her table was probably here, and she goes like this <laughs> every single time. Yeah. The longest path. And I'm like, girl, just say hi or stop yeah. walking past this table. Like, yeah. what is wrong with you? Like, it was driving me yeah, nuts. Yeah, we, we don't like that. That's why I said it's dope that you just come straight direct. Because women do that all the time. All the time. What do you mean? Make their way to keep walking by. Oh, in case Literally, you yeah, you try notice. to stop in front of you and well, just you see know, if you're going to say something. I don't yeah. always, like, usually, like, in person, I like play it cool. Like I will just like go up to somebody, but like if we're in an environment, like I won't just like if we're at a restaurant or whatever. Like that was a different situation. Like I was gonna try to figure out like a way to like finesse it. Yeah. But like normally, like if it's like a setting and it's like a party setting, and like I happen to when we happen to like my group happens to, like work our way over there and like yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. ensues, then you could like put the charm on. Yeah, but easy. like sometimes it's a little like weird, just like 
randomly walking up to somebody. So <laughs> Andy like, with his boys, like right. So me. like you start off like making eye contact and Got like to. you know what I mean. Got and like to. if he's like a real one, he'll make his way over to you first. <laughs> but if he doesn't, and you really like wanna shoot your shot, shoot it. But usually the eye contact works. Yeah, that, that'll do it every time. Usually if y'all like connect eyes yeah. and, and he looks at you and you look at him and you give him like, he'll he'll make his way over like, hey, yeah, yo, what's up? But yeah, the walking of the thing like annoys the hell out of yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it drives. Like and then truthfully, like it never works. I've never seen it work. Because men, like you said, that's well off. Like we don't want the super thirsty ones. Like we like women that's straightforward. That's not like, true. Well, at that's times, it's, it's, it's a time and place for everything. No, 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 no. It's a, it's a time and place. Like, if we want to go have fun, party, be in that vibe, like, we got different vibes. Like, yeah, we want the thirsty one that's going to turn up. But if we're in a certain setting, it's just like, yo, like, no. I've seen, I've seen, <laughs> there's, and also there's nothing worse, like, seeing, like, a guy who's like super chill and just like whatever and he got like this obnoxious like girl with him and I'm just kind of like what's obnoxious what would make her obnoxious I just don't like maybe it's just me like maybe I'm just like different like in like behind the privacy of like my four walls and like with my friend group and stuff like that I won't lie I can be like loud and obnoxious and crazy like we make jokes we're scre- like but that's like in our space yeah, you know what yeah, I mean yeah, like yeah. in public yeah I I can't find myself like acting like that like I think in public people might even assume that I'm boring uh-huh. like because I'm just very like chill and just like I'll just like like a little bop like i'm not it's full, a time I'm and a place for everything like, like you can it, go out I'm and not be full just... blown. like i'm just like you know like i'm just like like i just feel like the the part of me that's like crazy and weird and like obnoxious sometimes and goofy like i feel like that's reserved for like my inner circle so i just don't feel like projecting that energy out to the world it's a time you know and place I mean? for every, like, everything you can be in a party you can be like yo this dj got it going and you can oh, have yeah, a little tequila yeah. and you take your shoes off and it's like oh, nah it's going down the stand shoes on the couch. off just stand on the couch i would never just take my shoes couch. off i would just get never take my shoes off in public <laughs> that's the car the i would literally break my ankles before i took my <laughs> shoes off in public and started walking barefoot are you crazy that's funny you've that seen is... you don't have a problem with girls taking their shoes off and in just club? standing on the couch Oh. They not getting on the dirty floor. They can take off their shoes and stand on the. Do couch. they have socks on? I doubt they wear socks with heels. So. If you don't got socks on, keep your shoes on. If you can't be in heels all night, this is this is why I'm not like a a heel girl. Yeah. Like I'm a girl who like I like boots, like stiletto boots and things like that. But like pumps and stuff. If I'm going like out out and can't not just it. to dinner, once my feet hurt. I'm miserable. That's what I'm saying. That's why so I give like, them grace. I'm, like y'all like, got on yo, heels. I can like, get a I fit off. Y'all. I can yeah. get a fit off with like flats. I can get a fit off with sneakers. I can get a fit off with boots. Boots tend to be more comfortable too because they're like they're enclosed and stuff. I don't need a pump to like bag a dude. I'm not trying to impress you. Like my feet are more important. I'm gonna be honest. Like if I like taking your shoes off in public is crazy. I give them sympathy. Low. They got on heels, just like you said. You can't make it I've happen. They never decided heard to attempt a, yo, to honestly, make it real talk. I've never heard a man say that he'd be okay with a girl taking their shoes off in public. They this is the first time you, I've then. ever heard it. I'm honest. Damn. Let them, let, them, let them know. Be real. I respect it. That's crazy though. I couldn't do it. Well, I learned something new about Brandon Flowers today, guys, and I hope you did too. Uh, this has been Sirius XM Faction Talk 103. So if you're listening on Sirius XM, thank you guys so much. And if you want to go ahead and see all the crazy 
things that we talk about, me putting on the big cap hat when we're talking about Sean Payton, make sure you guys check out Paper Routes um, on the I Am Athlete YouTube page. Until then, we will see you tomorrow. Bye, guys. I cannot believe the shoes off of me. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.